Hello, everybody. I hope you are all doing well. I've missed our meditation time with you. And I hope that you had a really good start to this new year with all the holidays, which somehow managed to all fall on Tuesdays. As you probably saw the month of Tishrei, the one that we just had, is just one holiday after another. And my daughter, who attends a Jewish day school, not only gets all the Jewish holidays off, like Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, but she gets all those funny holidays off, like Shemini Atzeret. Nobody knows what it is. And she even gets the days off when it's when the holiday begins in the evening. She gets the Erev days off. Um, so she literally had seven days of school in the whole month of September. But after all of that, and the busyness of Tishrei comes the quiet. Tonight is Rosh Chodesh Cheshvan. Rosh Chodesh means the new month, uh, the new moon of Cheshvan. This um, month is also known as Mar Cheshvan. It's a month that does not have, <coughs> excuse me, <clears throat> a single holiday in it. Now, most of us just know this month as Cheshvan, but in the Talmud, it's known as Mar Cheshvan, and there are several explanations for it. One is that Mar is the Akkadian for eight, since it is the eighth month of the year. As you might be able to tell, I am feeling very sick this morning. You can hear it in my voice, and I apologize for my... Um, sneezing. So where were we? Mar Heshvan. So it's the eighth month. So that's one reason it can be called Mar Heshvan. But an explanation that I've heard more frequently is that Mar, you might recognize, is the Hebrew word for bitter. You've heard of that word Maror at your Passover Seder for bitter herbs, perhaps. And so Mar Heshvan is actually the designation for this month because Heshvan is bitter that after the festival and festival and festivals of Tishrei, the Cheshvan has nothing. Absolutely no holidays. It's completely empty. Now, it's interesting to think about having nothing as something that makes you bitter. Sometimes, you know, uh, it's not really fun to look at a calendar that has nothing in it, no plans, no friends, nothing to look forward to. But sometimes nothingness can be a gift. I'll be honest that after all the craziness of all these holidays, I longed for just a few days of nothing, of emptiness on my calendar. And I'm a little worried that I wished for it so hard that I end up getting sick so that I really can't do much of anything today or yesterday, um, except I didn't want to miss my meditation with all of you. So here I am. You can't tell that I am still in my bathrobe, or maybe you can. But this is certainly not the way I wanted to do nothing. Now, if you listened to Rabbi Auerbach's beautiful Rosh Hashanah Day 2 sermon on the Shemitah, or the sabbatical year, you know that we are in the sabbatical year this year. It is 
one out of every seven years in a cycle where we are instructed by the Bible on the sabbatical year to let the land lie fallow, to not work it, to do nothing. And the irony here is when you do nothing, that doesn't necessarily mean that everything is unproductive. What it means is that we allow what happens organically to take seed. And sometimes you actually have to let things rest to see what takes seed. Now I remember when I took my first sabbatical, my first Shemitah, <laughs> we are very lucky that rabbis get sabbaticals. I took it 10 years ago. I only got two months. And I had a professional coach who suggested that for half of my sabbatical, for four weeks, I should plan absolutely nothing. Not even lunches with friends. Not even workouts. Even stuff that I really enjoy and like. She said, don't plan them in advance. You should have a completely empty calendar for four weeks. And her suggestion was, you wake up in the morning and see what you want to do, what your body craves doing. This might sound like it's sort of a simple thing to do. It was actually one of the hardest things I've ever done. It is not the way I live my life ever. And I'll have to admit something. I didn't last the four weeks. I only did it for two weeks, but it was a great exercise. And I learned something fascinating about what you do when you empty out your life. Then um, I'm gonna use a metaphor here about being at a big buffet. I think that for all of us now, we live our lives in front of a huge buffet. And we think to ourselves that if we're smart, we pick the healthy choices in the buffet and we don't just eat tons of dessert. Now I've prided myself that I actually usually pick all the nourishing options, the things that feel meaningful, the things that feel good, the things that nurture others. Um, and I'm sitting in this buffet and I'm, and I'm having so much delicious stuff in front of me, it's really hard to say no to any of it. And I'm not saying, and I'm not saying yes to any of the frivolous stuff or the empty calories. But I learned that even the healthiest, best food, when taken in to excess, still can make you sick. And furthermore, when you are full all the time, you don't even realize what you have an appetite for. You don't even understand what you truly crave. I've always marveled at how in ancient cultures, before science figured out things like how eating rice with beans becomes a complete protein, I thought to myself, how did ancient peoples understand to eat rice with beans? And I realized that it's because when you actually experience and emptying out, and you actually feel hunger, your body actually gives you signals on what it is you need and what it is you crave. And I think we live in a world today in front of a huge buffet. We never empty out. We never 
go hungry. We are full all the time. And we have no idea what we really want or crave. So that's my invitation for today, but maybe even my invitation for the whole month that we're entering tonight of Mar Cheshvan, this month that has been emptied out of holidays. Maybe we meditate this morning on nothingness, on emptiness, on clearing out the body so that we can actually perhaps listen and understand ourselves just a little bit better. I'm gonna give you one more explanation for Mar Cheshvan. Um, Mar can, in addition to being the number eight and in addition to being bitter, Mar can also mean a drop of water. And as you probably know, as soon as we enter into Cheshvan, we enter into uh, what we pray is the rainy season in Israel. In fact, right at the end of Sukkot, we change over the blessing in our Gavurut prayer and start praying for rain. Because right now, in this month of Heshvan, we are starting a new growth season. And it makes a lot of sense that new growth cannot happen without a clearing away and an emptying out. So we're starting this new year and I want you to imagine for a moment what you are emptying. Maybe you can empty out your calendar a little bit. Maybe you can let go of some grievances and empty out those things that don't serve you. Perhaps you've got some baggage you know you need to leave behind. I'm going to invite us to empty out. So close your eyes and make yourself comfortable. We're going to offer up our prayer of gratitude. I thank you, God, for the gift of this day. If you'd like to have a mantra as you're emptying out, perhaps Mar Cheshvan, this month that we're going to be entering. And you can decide if that Mar is about bitterness or about drops of rain or just emptiness. Mostly, just let go of all of that thought, all those thoughts. We don't need to manipulate them so much. So, take in a few breaths, settle into your body. If you feel your stomach grumbling, even better, a little emptiness, and don't mind the time.
may this new month bless you with its quiet, with its emptiness, with its nothingness, and may you discover <clears throat> the beauty of that silence. May you listen to the cravings of your heart. I hope you all have a blessed day. See you next week.